right, well, we will give this uh, uh, effort here. We'll give this a go. Ironically, uh, we're talking about giving up control tonight, and uh, today, this weekend may be an exercise for all of us in what that looks like to give up control. Um, does anybody else struggle with giving up control of uh, things in your life, whether that is the remote control or the thermostat or uh, that there are towels should be folded the correct way? There's a correct way to fold towels, right, or a correct way to get somewhere. Most of us appreciate being in control, or at least what we think is control, right? I like to be able to control uh, these allergies and uh, the, the smoke or the, the stuff that comes off the candles or the space that we're in. And sometimes God invites us simply to give up control. I wish that it was only the silly things that I try to control, but if I'm honest, I like to control how the money is spent. I like to control interactions that my children have with other people. I like to control how what the family dynamics should be at lunch on Christmas Day, right? I, I like to be in control. Here's a definition of control. The power to influence or direct people's behavior or the course of events. To determine the behavior or supervise the running of fill in the blank, whatever else you might put in there. The holiday season is a fun time for us to talk about control, right? Because the things that we value the most, our time, our money, our relationships, all three of those are often put to the test in the midst of this holiday season. And I wonder where it might be good for you to give up some control this holiday season. Let us pray. Lord, thank you that you are with us. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This series we're in, looking at Charlie Brown and his search for the real meaning of Christmas. He says to Linus, I, I like the cards, I like the decorations, I like the gifts, but still, I'm unhappy. I don't really know what the real meaning is of Christmas is, and he goes seeking answers, goes to some of his friends, including to Lucy. Frank, if we'd been quick enough, we would have just played the whole uh, show for you uh, today. Lucy wants so badly to have an answer for Charlie Brown, and uh, as it is the case when things are out of our control and we don't know what to do, sometimes our response is to just do something else. Right? His, her response to him is, well, you need involvement. I know what you can do. You can direct a play. We need a director. Charlie Brown doesn't know the first thing about doing that, but it's something to do in response to the discomfort that he feels. Often that's our response, too, when, when things seem to not be going the way we want them to, when we have unanswered questions, when life isn't unfolding as we expect it to. Usually our first response is to try to do something. We're not alone or unique in this. From the beginning of time, human beings have wanted to do something. At the be in the beginning, uh, after God has uh, created us and Adam and Eve are in the garden, 
The Lord God commanded the man, you may freely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. God gave Adam and Eve access to and control over everything in the garden except one thing, this tree. They don't like not being able to be in control of the things that they want. And so God says, you can do everything except this one thing. And what do they do? That one thing, right? In their need to be in control and their need to have all the answers and their need to be of an equal level to God, they do the one thing that God asks them, tells them not to do. God sets boundaries for us with a purpose, not to punish us. Remember, God created us before Adam and Eve uh, missed the mark, before they transgressed the boundaries that God set for them. We were created in the image of God, and we were created very good. That original goodness, that original blessing comes before we transgress the boundaries. But God still sets boundaries in place for us because God loves us and desires for us to live in, in such a fullness of life in relationship with our Creator And God knows that there are things that are not good for us. When we transgress the boundaries that God sets for us, all of us experience brokenness in our own hearts and lives, in our relationships, in the world. Scripture is the story of God's love for us. In the Old Testament, we see that God creates Adam and Eve, creates human beings, and God pursues God's creation. God pursues human beings, pursues them in love to say, I will be your God and you will be my people. I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. I'll make a covenant with you. I will be faithful to you, and this is how you will be faithful to me. And the people of God continually choose to be unfaithful, continually choose to transgress those boundaries. And over and over again, God in his steadfast love and care sends prophets to call people back to God, to call people back into right relationship. We don't like to be told what to do. We think we know better than God. And yet time and again, we prove that we don't by our actions, our words, and our behaviors. And yet the story of God's love for us is woven throughout all of history, God pursuing us in love. The good news of Christmas for Charlie Brown and for us is that in the birth of Jesus Christ, God no longer just sends a prophet to come and tell us what we need to do. God himself comes to dwell among us. God comes to be one of us, Emmanuel, God with us. And there's a path for us set for us to recognize that. In the Gospel of Mark, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. 
And people from the whole Judean countryside and all of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. This idea of repentance. This idea of turning from what we've been going, from the way we've been going, and turning back to God who is always pursuing us, always waiting for us. Repentance is a way of giving up control. It's a way of recognizing the illusion we live in about being able to manage life all on our own. Repentance is a surrender, a letting go so that we allow the one who loves us best and loves us most, who knows what's best, to be at work in us and through us, with us and for us. Scripture is filled with stories of of people who give up control, who surrender and allow God to work. Think about Joseph. Who, will somebody come read this scripture for me? I want it to be read aloud, but I'm not going to read it. Here comes Wyatt. Is this mic still on over here, Frank? There's a second slide. I'll move it when you get to the end. It should be Okay. I have a great face for radio. (laughs) Matthew 1, 18 through 21. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man, and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus." for he will save his people from their sins. Don't go very far. There's more. Joseph. Joseph could have walked away from Mary. Joseph could have walked away and, in fact, planned to dismiss her quietly. He didn't want to create a scene, but he could have walked away. This wasn't what he had planned, but he did as the angel instructed him. What if Joseph hadn't given up control? And what about Mary, an unmarried teenager visited by an angel, told she will have a baby who will be the son of God? Not exactly what she had planned. And this is her response. Luke 1:38. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. What if Mary hadn't given up control? What if Mary had chosen not to give up control and surrender in that way? What about Jesus? 
Do you remember the conversation that Jesus has with God in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before he dies? Matthew 26, 36 through 39. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and agitated. Then he said to them, I am deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not what I want, but what you want. Not what I want, but what you want. Jesus prayed this three times. What if Jesus hadn't given up control? What if Jesus hadn't given up control? And what about the disciples after Jesus' death and resurrection? Acts 1, verses 4 through 5. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Thank you, Wyatt. Appreciate it. What if the disciples hadn't given up control? This isn't what they had planned. They could have very easily walked away from Jesus after Jesus died. Even after the resurrection, they could have walked away. What if the disciples hadn't given up control? What if Joseph or Mary or Jesus or the disciples hadn't given up control? Where would we be if that was the case? Control is really an illusion. It's an attempt to gain certainty in the midst of the unknown. It's an exercise in seeking ways to lower our anxiety about what might happen or about what is happening. It is an effort to ease the discomfort we feel. It's, it's as if we think that if we're in control, if we have everything under control, then we are safe from anything bad happening to us. That somehow we've protected our home and our health and our families and our jobs and our security. We've protected our homes and our, dream, our hopes and our, our dreams thinking that we are in control. But the truth is, we all know that things don't happen like that, right? We know that bad things happen anyway. We know that things can shift in a blink of an eye. The diagnosis of uh, a disease that changes your life and maybe even leads to your death, a betrayal and a broken relationship, Choices that other people make that impact us. A downsizing at the office, an accident, a natural disaster, and any control that we thought we had vanishes. Control leads us to believe that there is something we can do. Giving up control invites us into the space of being God's beloved. 
the good news of Christmas, of the birth of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, is that we do not have to be in control. And maybe the better news is that we can't be in control. We're invited to surrender in that space. We don't have to manufacture or manipulate circumstances or people or behaviors or emotions. We don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to do something to make it all better. We can choose to be God's beloved children, knowing that we're loved, that we're secure in God's grace. We can choose to be present in the moment, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's filled with unknown things. We can be still and be quiet. In the presence of God, who was born in a manger, to be with us. To give up control is to allow room for mystery, to be open to the Holy Spirit moving, to choose the posture of expectancy over expectations. It is to leave room for surprise. It allows us to hold on to trust rather than to control and manipulation. It allows us to be held in trust that God created us and sees us and loves us and is at work in us and for us. I wonder where God might be inviting you to give up control. Maybe in a particular circumstance or a relationship or a holiday expectation or a career or your future. Where is God inviting you to simply be rather than try to do to relieve your anxiety or your frustration or your need for control. I wonder what God might do in and through you in giving up control. And I wonder how your experience of God's love might be different if you were willing to give up control rather than holding on so tightly to thinking that you can control. This holiday season, uh, I can guarantee you, as evidenced by uh, the events of of worship today, um, Nick wanted to be here and he was sick and so uh, he surrendered some control, not very willingly, but we made him surrender some control. And Tracy was able to step in, right? Uh, As soon as I uh, fell out, I had cough drops and water and all sorts of stuff. Uh, to take care of me, right? I think sometimes when we're willing to, in, in the search for significance and meaning, when we're willing to give up meaning to control that, God works in us and through us in, in ways that we couldn't have predicted. It's hard to give up control. It might not be so hard to give up control of the remote control or the thermostat or how to fold the towels. But when it comes to things like our relationships with one another, when it comes to things like the state of the church or the state of the nation, when it comes to all the things that are uncertain for us, when we get anxious, we want to do something. And maybe the invitation from God is to simply be, 
to give up control and let our, our hearts and our minds, our souls, be controlled, if you will, by the Holy Spirit and by God's love, deep and abiding and faithful for each of us as evidenced in the coming of Jesus, the real meaning of Christmas. Let the people say amen.